M O M me. Hello, my children. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. to another episode of Supernatural The Crossroads. I am your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me, as always, is Ryan Denton. What's up? Well, actually, not as always, because you weren't here. Yeah, I, when? I was here last week. No, I just remembered. You you were gone for American Nightmare. Oh, yeah, I was. I'm mad at you for that for some oh, reason. Oh, wow, Jesus. I've had a rough week, so this will be fun. <laughs> Guys, and also Michael Flores is here, as always, doing things in the back end, so he can't say hi at the moment. I don't know. I like doing things in the back end. We know. <laughs> That's how we're starting this show today, guys. It's cozy. <laughs> it, you like, wait, it's cozy? It's cozy in the back end. In the back end, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. If you're the one doing it to the person. Wait, I'm confused. Wait, what? What are He's, we talking about? That's how we start the show, guys. <laughs> Regardless, it's cozy. Oh, okay. This week, we're talking about ep- season 12, episode 6, celebrating the life of, and I'm going to ruin it already, was it... <laughs> Oh I want to say ass of fox, but that's ass. not it. Let's just call it ass yeah. fox. Ass fox. Yeah, ass fox. Back end fox. Back end. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Celebrating the life of back end fox. There we go. <laughs> Rear end. Bum fox. What's? How do you actually say his name? I think it's Asa. Isn't it Asa? Asa. I heard a- Asa is what I heard. Like, Azazel. A- Asa is what I heard. Asia. Honestly, like to be honest with you, I heard them pronounce the it several different ways depending on who was saying it. But I think I, no one actually knew. Yeah, like, wait, what's this guy's name here? Like the writers. Hey, Yoki. What's this guy's name? Jared wants to know. Uh, it's Asa. Ass. He said it's Asa. Asa. As- I don't asthma? know. Asthma. Who's has asthma? Eczema. Ew. <laughs> What if things ran like that? That'd be, <laughs> that'd be so bad. That's how they get names for shit. Yeah. That's, that'd be the show that we work on. It'd be Arrow. Shit on Ryan's love. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. My show sucks. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, guys, first, as always, we've got some news. Supernatural is moving times. Yes. So I've got an article here. Uh, this is from uh, Deadline. Sorry, I feel like they move the time of the show a lot, to at least once a year. So basically, this says the CW has set its midseason schedule, which uh, features moves 
or incumbents, Supernatural DC Legends of Tomorrow, and the addition of the new Archie Comics drama Riverdale. Uh, basically, what they're doing is their uh, veteran utility Supernatural has pretty much seen it all, airing on virtually every night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or and Friday uh, during its 12-season run. But there's one thing it hadn't been asked to do until now, and that's open a night at 8 p.m. Uh, mm. And at first, Supernatural will be the CW's new Thursday 8 p.m. anchor, serving as a launch pad for Riverdale. So they're moving it to, to 8 p.m. on Thursday night. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. See, now, okay, this could be good, this could be bad. Mm. The reasons it could be good, 8 p.m., 7, what is it, 6, no, 7 to 8 Seven and eight are the prime time slots. Also, remember our time zones are different than everyone right. else. Like we, seven o'clock, we're the only people that watch shows at seven. Everyone else right. is eight and nine. Usually, no, it is. I thought yeah, seven was like a prime is, time no, thing. Even, it even, used to be even even it, uh, in California, it's eight o'clock. I believe. I could be wrong. Carla, I'm sure is listening, and I know for a fact she's from the Los Angeles area. Tell us. Send us a tweet. Let us know we're stupid. But I'm pretty sure that it's... Uh, also, tell us would, about the times. That wouldn't be the first time that they've tweeted us and told us... I believe stupid. it's 8 o'clock everywhere. Okay. Except us, because we don't have... We Arizona don't, is dumb. We don't observe daylight savings. We are savings. extremely dumb. We switch between... It's still sh- switch. It should switch, but it does. We don't change our clocks, but we have to change our entire lives. Yeah. So Dude, I'll tell you what. For everybody else. I, I know that... We're such a stubborn state. It's not good, necessarily. Now... It is good for Supernatural, theoretically, because 8 is like a primetime slot, yeah. which means it could get more viewership and do better in the ratings, which you know means more years and more fans and, and more money behind it and all the stuff we kind of would love to hear for the show. The possible downsides to that, however, are we have talked or at least been told that this season will be darker, grittier, more violent, more akin to season 1 and 2 in Kripke's run. Which was a darker, more violent show with more right. practical effects, blood and death, you know, visceral and on screen. And that's not exactly something you can sell at eight o'clock. No. You know, when it was at 10 or nine, you can kind of get away with it. There's a reason Walking Dead's at 10, you know, there's a reason those shows are late night shows. Yeah. Many of the shows start very late for that very reason. Exactly. So Supernatural moving into an earlier time slot. Could be good for the show as a whole, but yeah. it may be bad for what they were trying to do or had promised could be possible for this season's overall tone. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, honestly, the I don't think it's going to affect their ratings because right now Supernatural is the only show on the CW that's actually up besides Jane the Virgin. And I don't count that show. That's a stereotypical cliche does that bother you crock of shit show you're hispanic do you find that show annoying is probably the most racist thing to ever be on tv and i'm not Uh, and i'm not one of those oh that's racist guys like i know that show is a show that is just should not be on watching the trailers like because i have to watch commercials it's nothing but a stereotype the entire thing say i'm like i have expected like a sombrero and tacos it is almost okay what are we talking i don't know i don't know we're talking about other shit but anyways i i I, but Supernatural's up is, yes. is one of the two shows that yeah. is up. So, and honestly, it's because of obviously the the positive word of mouth from last year spread, and now more people are watching this year. I don't think it really has to do with the shift. I think Supernatural at this point could be put anywhere, and yeah. it'll be fine. It could be on Sunday at twelve, and and it's the show's still going to sustain an audience. Well, Friday is the death slot, and it has been moved there and come yeah. back from that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to matter at this point for a show like this. Um. But but it does matter in terms of content. Yeah, and that's what I worry about more yeah. so. I'm not, again, like Mike said, 
I'm not worried about the show doing well or, or even no, its ratings. I think not, yeah. they have they've shown that they have the confidence behind the show. They've shown to have confidence in the source material and the actors and the writers. But tone is a big thing with a horror movie horror TV show, yeah. horror book. Again, and I also don't know how much is really going to affect it, honestly, by shifting an hour. I know the reason why I put it in the show notes is what a lot of people were voicing on on the interwebs, but honestly, when it, when it comes to television, the seven to nine hour uh, is almost the same. It's the after that. Starting at nine, ten yeah. o'clock for us, that's when the more darker, mature shows start. So they were already yeah, technically... They were already technically in that that time slot yeah. of you can't show as much as you can at nine and ten, right? So I I don't know. We'll see. I can't imagine the sh- them doing that to the show. Like, all right, now we got to take rid of uh, we got to get rid of this part and this part. I, I don't see CW. No, doing I that. don't see them taking a scalpel or a, or a butcher's knife and hacking off pieces yeah. and scenes and special effects. Like dab, just a dab. We promise. Yeah. Just, we're just gonna take a dab off the top. <laughs> oh God, it's dead. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> now, I, don't, I don't see that happening particularly, but but it does concern me because I am one of the people who wanted the darker tone who was looking forward to that. That was one yeah. of the big selling points for me over the summer. Yeah. With a new showrunner, you know, there obviously is fear on, well, how's it going to be compared to the previous season that was so well received? You know, I I have confidence in the show. I have confidence in the visual effects guys and the and the writers. So I think it'll be fine but mike you said that the ratings have gone up yeah the, the ratings the ratings have been up since uh the first week which is awesome it's way up compared to even the other shows it's the only the only show like i said besides jane the virgin that's actually outperforming last season what the fuck jane i'm sorry what the fuck is that show even about i don't know i A think I, she's not anymore is she v- vw in the chat room says it helps that the cw president is a huge fan of the show absolutely yeah. it does but i used to say that too up until like six months ago and then like i heard him talking about legends of tomorrow and flash and he was using the exact same words oh, his script came out. i love this show as long as the actors are great as long as the actors want to do it and the ratings still hold we can pl- promise lots more seasons so it's almost word it's verbatim <laughs> Sir, are you okay with burritos for lunch today? You know, I love this show. Is as long as the actors keep up. It's, you know, <laughs> I could see somebody like introducing the interns to the building. It's like yeah. he's been saying that for the last two years. We're not sure why. We just kind of stuck run on with loop. It. We're not sure if he's really a robot or a fucking. We just bring him tacos on Tuesday. And, you know. It's a Los Angeles executive. Come on, it, yeah, I mean, they're they're robots. <laughs> it sadly, it kind of is. But I mean, maybe he's not disingenuous. Maybe he loves all the shows. Yeah, but come on, choose different yeah, words. Use, <laughs> use different words, Mark Pedowitz. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I called him out. No, so Supernatural is doing well afraid. on that end. You know, and I think, I really don't think we have a lot to fear. We had a bit of a setback last week, but I yeah. don't think we necessarily have to fear anything for the show in the future. Although, what are you talking about a setback? In, in quality... I guess is what we'll say. And it's something that we kind of need to address. We had mixed reactions to our previous episode, the one we've been waiting for, apparently. We were not waiting Which for that. I'm not sure if that yeah. title's apt anymore, but yeah, that, yeah. You know, we had some mixed uh reception from listeners on whether or not we were too harsh on the episode or if, you know, we're not exactly fans and some people were glad to hear that we were harsh on the episode and not saying anything like just, you know, fluffing it up to be some great episode. There's never anything wrong with it. And, you know, we, we want to make it clear for all of you listening out there. We don't want to bash anything 
unnecessarily. I mean, this is a fan show. We like this show. Even the weaker episodes are far better than most of the other crap I can watch <laughs> yes, on television. Yes. By by and large are far better. Yeah. But at the same time, we're not going you know, we are critical of the show here. We have been for years, you know, we've done our critical top and in five, an academic but, sense. But in a I think constructive way. Yeah, We're not we somebody go. to say this show sucks or this show because or this show is amazing simply because we like to look at what did work and what didn't work and come at it with like a, like you said, Mike, a little bit more of a critical analysis. Yeah. And I, that being said, we don't want to take away from that and pretend that I think, guys, I think what we do is we we look at this show and and, and no matter what we give a grade. Uh, no matter what grade we give the episode, we still like Supernatural. And I think for me, I, I, I'm probably the least critical person in this room when it comes to the show or anything. And and when I give it a grade as low as I did last week, I, I, it's for a reason. And I think what people need to understand is that we're not going to sugar, sugarcoat this just because we love Supernatural. And right. I think that that we cut ourselves in, in the legs by doing that. And I think if we give our fans... You know, and for the most part, we are pretty much on page with our fans. I, I would say pretty. I, I think for the most part, we're in sync with the fandom. Yes. Yeah. And I think for us, it, it's it, it makes gives us validity to look at an episode and say, hey, here's what we didn't like about it. And if we if we did it and we just, you know, sucked its dick the whole time. Jesus. Uh, well, I mean, for the lack of a better word, then it we wouldn't be our points wouldn't be valid. And I think that's what we did. Great point. That's a great point. And I know uh, Maddie, I want to say, I I got a lot of tweets about it. I think Maddie's the one who uh, voiced an opinion saying that uh, she was very, she was happy to find out that we didn't try to make this episode something that it wasn't. And I was like, wow, do we do that on other episodes? And I, I took a step back. I'm like, I don't think we ever do that. I think the... I think the point here is that we're, we are very honest. We don't try to sugarcoat an episode. If it's, if it sucks, guess what? It sucks, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash it because I am a fan, but I am going to share my thoughts on. And I think we did a. I thought if you listen to last week's discussion, we actually got numerous parties tweeting us saying, uh, in fact, Stephanie Munez, I believe her last name, was one of the the ones who actually said, "I should have known that your episode discussion would be far more entertaining the, than the actual episode itself." <laughs> and I take I I feel a bit of pride in that. I take pride in that because even if it's an episode that we didn't necessarily care about. We still had a really great discussion on the episode. I think we did. I felt I felt like it was one of our stronger discussions we've had in in the last you know half dozen shows or so. So I was happy with the way the show went, and then at the end we we kind of talked about what uh, we could have done differently. So I'm yeah. my goal is to be transparent. I want to be transparent as as a fan of Supernatural, but at the same time I'm not going to bash something I, either. I, I think the one the the best way to describe it for me would be guys, if if we if if we went in and, and reviewed Bloodlines and said it was the best <laughs> no seriously, if we went in and said it's the best episode ever, you guys would kick us in the dick for saying that. You legit like you legitimately I'd kick you for Yeah, saying that. exactly, you would because it's not a bad thing. I kind of I like that type of stuff. Like, well, you like it kicked in the dick? Yeah. You got a That's weird really issue, man. Did you really need to fucking go to counseling? <laughs> right in the, the midsection. But, right in the shaft. Your, oh my god, right in the shaft. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. All right, guys, with that, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into our discussion about episode 6, celebrating someone's life that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> just a minute.
ass butt. Do you love Supernatural, The Crossroads? Tell the rest of the world by representing the show on your buy. Don't objectify me. With the Crossroads Tees, the first run of shirts are available to own. The shirts are anvil unisex and made up of high-quality 100% ring-spun cotton. What are you waiting for? Become a Crossroads Minion and represent the show proudly. Head to RainManDigitalMedia.com. Click on the store tab and get your Crossroads shirt today. gave me the chills back in the day with empire strikes back yoda talking about all the spiritual elements of the force and you know talking about the forces everywhere it's in that rock in that tree yeah it's around you it's around me it's in your penis <laughs> it's in your penis use now it. release it you all oh, <laughs> use it on jen also <laughs> execute order six six on her asshole go into her dark cave. oh 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 <laughs> Your blaster, you will not need. <laughs> What's inside? Whatever you take. Whatever you take. <laughs> Luke confronts a big old penis. <laughs> oh, that's I, we just lost all credibility <laughs> once again. Listen to the Star Wars from the Back to Tech late night replay Monday through Friday, starting at one a.m. Pacific, only on Rain Man Channel zero zero one. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RM Channel 001. Listen up, cowboys and cowgirls. You can now listen to Weird West Radio every Sunday. Um, and if you look, it's almost like a dystopian type society, uh, social stratification, dystopian societies. And if people aren't quite familiar with them and how they work, but dystopian fiction frequently draws between the privileges of the ruling class and the dreary existence of the working classes. Okay, so Maeve hatches her escape plan. Um, a little light on Maeve this week, but heavy on the bush. <laughs> And again, it's HBO. We didn't get to see nothing. No, I know. What's up with this? That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we get to see Stan. Well, we got to see. Don't, don't. Uh, Tandy Newton's not afraid. He's not afraid to show Bush and boobs. <laughs> Bush and boobs. That sounds like a new strip club I'm going to open up. Well, there you go. Maybe that's what Jonathan Knowles going to do if uh, if the show doesn't work out. He's like, well, you know what? I'm going to open up a strip club called Westworld Bush and boobs. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Come on it's- over to Come on you, over to Bush there, and Boobs. It's not that smart for you. It's Bush and Boobs. <laughs> Catch Weird West Radio, the Westworld edition, every week on Rain Man Digital. Just search Weird West Radio on iTunes and Stitcher or download the Rain Man Digital app. Just search Rain Man Digital from the iTunes app store or Google Play. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. See, like, I want to be a fly on the wall so bad when he just to run right. into her. Dude, right. Angelica was there. We already know that you chased down Misha in an alley. I, I swear to fucking God, I never chased her down. I, 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 I lie and goof around a lot. He didn't have to because he knew her schedule no, where she was going to be. absolutely not. Exactly. No. Just like he accidentally ran into Jared at the Creek Theater, too. Oh, I just ran into him. Like, dude, you were timing it. Okay, that was that I timed. I will I will agree to that. You should have saw Ryan, too. It was t- like Ocean's his- Eleven. Like, there's going to be here at this point. You come down the alleyway, make a left at 205 p.m. There she is. He's uh, not, 
Thomas, you're right. not joking. Oh, what a coincidence. You're not, guys, joke, you're not joking you, because, hold on, there was an true. L at the Creation Entertainment Convention. That there was, was an L-shape. Yep. Uh, there, there was an L-shape yeah, hallway that he came from. And Ryan said, okay, well, the hallway obviously starts here at the convention hall here. You can see where they're going out there. That means he's going to come out through here. He goes, guys. And I just used my and brain. And then right when you said that, mm-hmm. we saw him way down the hallway with his security guards. He's like, okay, I'm going to time this. And me and Thomas left. Yeah. And you had that eye where you're looking to the side just so you can make sure you got time it. And you walked mm-hmm. right in front of Jared like, oh, hey, what's up, hey, man? Yeah, I did. Funny Look, seeing okay. you here. But I will, I will tell you this. This year at All right, guys, welcome back to Supernatural The Crossroads. Now it's time for the full-blown discussion of Episode 6, Celebrating the Life of Asa Fox. Hey! I think I did it that time. Yeah. All right, the synopsis for this one is Sam, Dean, Mary, and Jody must take action when a demon begins picking off mourners at the wake of recently fallen hunter Asa Fox. Now, this one was directed by John Badham and written by new writer Steve. Is it Yoki? I'd say, say, I'd say, I'd say well, put, the, put an H there instead of a Y. What would it be? Hockey? So? Let's just say Steve Aoki. <laughs> so, I like that. So, Steve Yaki? Yeah, okay. I, I would say Yaki. I, right. I was saying, yo, um, what was I saying earlier? Yoki, I think I was saying. That's what I just copied you. But, but I'm pretty sure it's Yaki. Okay. Yeah. Like Pocky. What in the hell? Is, you know, you no, Pocky? no. Like I'm the not Indian gonna... tribe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made that up. I know. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> now, it's a new writer, but John Badham's directed several before, uh, including just last season, Into the Mystic, The Vessel, and We Happy Few. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's been around, I think, since season nine. And and those, uh, what, five episodes? I don't think any, we don't dislike any of those, do we? No, those were all pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, they're, all, they're all strong. Yeah. Interesting. So, I, I think the, the, the takeaway this week is that we have yet another new writer. Three yeah, new three writers in a row. In a row. Mm-hmm. For the first half of the season, too, which yeah. I was a little surprised by, because I would have thought you'd put your untested in the middle of the season when they're kind of, you know, you're invested for the right. season. Yeah, you're, yeah. And then people are going to watch. By season, by episode 12, I'm watching all the way through the end. Yeah. You know, but that's that's my take. I'm not a showrunner. Obviously, I do this show. No, you sit in here with us nerds. Yeah, right. you imagine if we were writing the show, we would probably write every episode. Like, hey, we, you guys just sit there and... We would and, probably uh, be hated as some, bosses. Give me, give me some coffee. Yeah. No, you, no you're, micromanagers. You're too, no, don't touch that. Put that pen down. Yeah. I would have them write something, and then, yeah, this will be a special unreleased episode. You'll shit all over it. <laughs> It'll be a webisode. Don't worry about it. No, it's totally <laughs> we're going to film it. Webisode. Is that even a thing anymore? I don't know. Dude, there'd be an That's entire... That's the whole point. Yeah. He's there... a... The guy gets happy for us, like, oh, shit. He's like, wait a minute. Wait, we don't have a webisode. Did, did I just go back to 2009? Dude, they, they would be... <laughs> he looks back in. We're just laughing. <laughs> there'd be an entire season of lost episodes of shit that was written that would never... Keep... <laughs> it would be a whole unseen, uh, you know, special Storyline. season. Yeah. <laughs> This is great. Run with it, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, love it. No, keep going. This year, all you new writers are gonna have your own room. Uh, It's gonna be, (laughs) uh, it's gonna be next to a mop and closet. uh, Yeah, it's filled with crayons. Yeah, that's all they get. (laughs) We will be the storyboards, boys. Chalk and you're only here because the union said we had to have ten writers. (laughs) Union said we we had to have ten writers on staff. So uh, I count uh, two here, and the eight of you will just go in that. That's your new office right there. We would be such assholes. Me and Singer got this, guys. As bosses, dude. We couldn't do that. (laughs) We'd be fired. (laughs) All right. Now, this episode had a lot of 
old, like much of this season has had a lot of old vibe to it, going yeah. back to exercising your demons rather than just flat out murder, going back to the demons actually kind of kicking ass rather than being the, the butt of a joke yeah. or the, yeah. the object of Crowley's torture. Well, this, this, this demon that we saw in this episode was not a fucking joke. That that demon in this episode was pretty fucking hardcore. Well, we haven't seen it, one like that in a while. It was violent. It was angry. It didn't, you know, quote, fuck around. Yeah. Wasn't that a bit refreshing? It well, was. It was way refreshing. We have not seen a demon like that, and it's got to be six years. I think so. It has so. to be. Yeah. We got a full-on evil, you know, psychotic in nature type demon. What When you think demon, the definition, this is kind of what you think. And, that's, bit, and yeah. that's pretty much what we got in, half the, in murder, the first several house seasons. possession. Yeah. You know, it's not just somebody in the room is a threat. It's like the thing that goes bump in the night. You're not, you're afraid of those around you of the house. Even yeah, that whole vibe came across with this, but we also see a lot of hunters and we really haven't seen a hunter. I, gathering. Yeah, is that, gathering. Yeah, magic, the gathering. Yeah. Hunters playing magic, the gathering yes. in, Again, several seasons. I think the last time we really saw this was season five as Bobby, Ellen, and Joe and like the remaining few well, I mean, fought against the apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, we really haven't. They befriended a few like over here the, and there, here yeah. and there, but yeah, we really haven't seen a gathering of this many hunters in it's, one place. We've seen other hunters, but we've never had them have a place to gather like the Roadhouse, you know, right. share a beer. Roadhouse. You know, they've, they've, the Chitters episode had a pair of hunters, but they got food, solved the case, and moved on. But even in, in the even in the sense like, okay, look, the roadhouse. Let's take the roadhouse, for example. Yeah. Even with that example, we were privy to m- maybe two or three yeah. hunters. Yeah, absolutely. And that was about it. I mean, I loved it, so don't get me wrong, but with this episode, we got something very different that we've never seen before. We actually took a moment to almost do like a tour. Like if you were on the Hunter's Tour, here's this one here, here's this one, and you got to see kind of the the little the lifestyle. The, the differences of uh, and the and the uh, how some of them are very out there and then you got more you got more down to earth ones. Mm-hmm. It just it, you get a true insight into the culture of well, the hunting life. We also got a, a shout out to Ellen in the Roadhouse in the episode. When yeah, they, when I love that. That was cool. And I think what I liked uh, I liked about the whole hunter gathering was that Sam and Dean are pretty f- well known. Like I, it's funny, like yes, we know that they are well known, but it's funny when we finally get to see that. Well, the thing is it's always been said, it's never been seen. It's been it's been said by by demons and angels. We don't really ever see it by people who share the same profession. The only them. time we have is when they get flat out murdered in yeah. season yeah, 5 exactly. when they go to heaven. So I, you know, we've, it, we've actually had that discussion, Thomas yeah. and Ryan. I think I want to say during the summertime, maybe late last year, we actually had the discussion how it would be nice to find out where they're at in terms of the hunter world. Like, what are what are they thought of now? I remember we had this whole discussion about last time yeah. we heard hunters kind of looked at them as no Scum. different than monsters that yeah. they should be hunted down and killed. Where 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 do they rank now? Now that everything has changed, now that most people within the that, that's in the know realize that angels are very real and that there's all types of different threats besides Wendigos and vampires. Do they now view Sam and Dean a lot differently now that they actually know how the magnitude and the scope of how real things are? And yeah. I think I think we got a good 
a good showing of that. I mean, yeah, shit, well, they're legends. They say, yeah, it's what it's exactly what I wanted as a supernatural fan. For I think Sam and Dean kind of deserved a little bit of kudos, and because we don't ever see them get a pat on the back. And the fact that these people didn't greet them with negativity, which is what I or was shotguns expecting. Shotguns ready. Yeah, I was expecting that when the one eccentric hunter was like, "Is Sam here?" I was yeah, like, Elvis. "Oh, he has a oh, bone to pick." Go. Yeah, and I, it was nice. It was a good change of pace to see that they actually respect them, and they're a little bit of like, kind of like almost like, like the tall tale, like, like the tall tales. You know, yeah, it was a little weird because that has been until now. They were hated and flat out murdered for causing the apocalypse. One starting it, and one essentially ending it. Yeah, with the seals being broken. And now, like you said, they've, the hunter group has reached a new level with angels being all over the place and, and the darkness is coming and every monster they hunted had to have talked about it. Right. You know, so it is a much more it's it's gone international, essentially, the Winchesters, and they are now legends. And it does make it feel a little bit more real. The world as a whole or hunters as a whole before when I remember having this feeling with season one. You know, it's their brothers and their dad are hunters, and that's about it. They're the only ones who do this. It felt until you go to the roadhouse and you realize that it's this much larger community that's just kind of loners and don't really talk a whole lot. They have their they're close knit but private. And then as it it's gone on, it's increased in in size. But as we've seen in this episode. There's a much larger community than we had been privy to. And very different than we've seen in and the very past. Very different. You know, the, in Kripke's era, they're all essentially the same kind of template. The the rugged anti-hero who doesn't want to talk to anybody and just drinks a lot and then moves on to the next case. Yeah. And this has a life uh, a, of its own. A whole bunch of different personalities. There's a brother and sister team. There's this one eccentric dude. You know, uh, Bucky and... Uh, Asa were friends and they were hunting together. You know, there's all kinds of different scope. It's a lot different than we've been led to believe for a long time because in the past, I would, it's almost as if when Kripke was writing uh, on his character index cards and descriptions of what he wanted these characters to be, it was almost as if, okay, hunters, let me write hunters. All right, what do I want them to be like? Truck drivers. Yeah. And that's, that's very much the vibe. And that's the vibe. And I thought it worked in a lot of ways because there's a lot of mystery behind the culture of truck driving. There really is. The, th yeah. the stories they have. Uh, we were friends with a truck driver for years. And the stories they tell are like, I'm talking not contemporary truck drivers. I'm talking like the old school truck drivers from the 70s and the 80s. The stories they tell um, are a very tall, tallish. Uh, tall tailish, tall outlandish, and it, it kind of fits the 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 vibe that you get from that the life on the road. Yeah, yeah, and it does feel a little bit more real now, or fully fleshed out with the whole group, the the Burger King Kids Club of different personalities and <laughs> varieties. Nice analogy that you that you get in this episode. But I did like how they, because at first I'm like, well, okay, how do you explain this? And going to awake and that was one of my concerns in this previous episode was yeah. that or uh talking last week hunters had always seemed to die on the road or in battle or or as dean said gun in hand shooting yeah why have awake what made this one so special and they kind of answered that with just one sentence too which is one thing i do like that dab and the writers have kind of focused on and that has tying it to previous seasons deliberately, not just kind of leaving it up to assumptions. Yeah, they, they've definitely done a good good job, at least in this in so far in these episodes. Yeah, with but, the the dad saying hunting or hunter gatherings. He, I wrote this down. Sam says, "Dad always said they were trouble." 
Now, I think that that mixes into two different things. One, it shows us how John was as a hunter, and I could see him considering them trouble if, as we know from Ellen, he was a very good hunter, one of the best, but kind of a dickhead that nobody liked. Also a loner. And a loner, and it shows how he was had this driven, you know, almost madness to find yellow eyes and and to avenge his wife. He wasn't somebody who would have a beer and joke and goof off. He was somebody who was always looking for the next clue. It was always serious because it him. consumed him. Yes, and I think it was a nice little. That one sentence kind of shows us a bit more about John Winchester, who we knew compared to what hunters can be, but also explains why we'd only had seen you know one version of the story. So I, I like that little bit, but Ryan, you, were, you had a point you were going to make? Well, no, I just, I think it's nice that this season they've done a great job of of giving us answers, and, and like you said, relating back to, to, to seasons before, by not almost uh, like serving up a softball to us. You know, like they, 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 they give us one quote and that completely handles it, and they, we don't have to worry about a flashback or mm-hmm. anything like that. They, they give you one sentence and, and boom, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Awesome. We can. We don't have to mess with that now. Although one uh, scrap Tyler in the chat room says maybe it's because they were in Canada and everyone's just nicer there <laughs> compared to the U.S. <laughs> it's oh, true. That's, that's I can true. see yeah. that as well. Yeah. Maybe that's because we knew they were in Canada. That was deliberate. Yeah. Maybe that was. Maybe that's the reasoning. Hey, is that the first time they've been in Canada while they were you filming know, in Canada? Maybe. Oh, so meta. <laughs> this may be why the British Men of Letters are trying to fix America because even Canada is nicer and has group yeah. meetings and gets things done yeah, together. Have, yeah, like hunters hang out. Americans are together. all angry truckers who drink alone. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Maybe that's where they're going with it. Yeah. If that's not what the world really is like, I don't know what is. Speaking of Men of Letters, I think there's larger implica- implications to the fact. It, it, they're kind of killing two birds with one stone here. They have they're giving you a story that opens up the world for the hunters, but also makes the hunters relevant again, um, because we already know yep. that the men of letters have issues an with, agenda with the hunters. Yeah, they have a, they have a thing going on with them, and they want to figure out names, locations, addresses, birth certificates, register, you know, tattoo serial numbers on your forearm type antics yeah. on on these hunters here, and that's the biggest thing that I was looking at when I was watching this episode. Yes, I I take it for what it is at face value, but also I start, I start noticing little things here and there. For example, making sure hunters are relevant again, because the hunters, if they weren't, if they weren't, if they didn't do an episode like this tonight, this past week, and all of a sudden the middle letters are intent on hunting down hunters, and we have a couple that they killed, it wouldn't matter. We'd be like, "Eh." it'd be too distant. Hunters are a distant memory. To many of us yeah. who, who've been watching for 12, 12 seasons. years, yeah. Um, they're not a big, big part besides, of course, the obvious uh, Sam and Dean. They're not a big, big part of Supernatural. So by bringing them in this week, they're reminding the audience that they still are a thing. They're still in, relevant. Yeah, in North America. Um, and also another thing going into the 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 prejudice of the men of letters how there is no gray area with them as we saw last week they blew two weeks ago they blew away the poor girl with psychic ability and they haven't had you know a monster related death in europe in how many years like 30 40 years 60s or something something. so how are they going to feel about there being a witch as a hunter uh, oh, man, hate two that. people that crosses that line. That's them. exactly what I thought. I was like, "All right, you don't just do this to broaden the world of hunters. You're also trying to show a lifestyle of the North American hunters that they are very different than what they were even nine years ago. The fact that you have someone openly wielding witchcraft to fight 
monsters, against monsters. I can see a narrow-minded men of letters from the Europe saying, yeah, this guy's gonna, is on our list as well. We need to end this one. Yeah. I mean, when you think of it, what's the difference between a psychic girl who couldn't control what she was doing and a, and a dude uh, using witchcraft? I don't think there really is in their mind, and that's the whole point. Yeah, so I started looking at the larger implications of this episode with the hunters because it, it served a nice as a nice uh, reminder and the nostalgic feeling of the days of old for Supernatural. Yeah. But also, again, it was there intentionally to, to bring it back to the forefront in our minds. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that worked. Now, those actually turn out to be, I'm gonna say, I have to always think now to say, Asa's kids, which I thought was a little weird. But I mean, yeah, just because it was weird. out, it felt like out of nowhere, but he was banging all those girls in his truck, I guess. So <laughs> it can happen. Right. I, yeah. I think the point of that, again, this is me overthinking possibly, but I think the episode started out with the mom, obviously halfway right. through being unhappy with the hunter lifestyle. And I think that kind of even the montage showed us a very lonely life. It was, it a, was, it, it was, was extremely lonely. Yeah. And you saw this, this man's life flash before us literally at a blink of an eye. Yeah. Uh, he was obsessed with hunting. He never did anything else in his life. And now he's dead. And I think yeah. at that point it served a good, it served a, it served a, I can't even talk tonight. Jesus, man, this, I got to get over you this. Start drinking. Let me just tell everybody, I have a serious high fever right now. I think I'm 102. Maybe 103. You tell us this now. Yeah. I've entered your so house. I can't speak tonight. I apologize. Um, but getting back to what I was saying was I uh, I feel that, uh, you know, take over. I can't even think right now. I apologize. What was <laughs> I saying? No, it, Christ, it is dude. a very dude, much. I'm sick, man. Like, he really tells us now. Some whiskey, I'm bro. like a bubble boy. I'm going to die now. Anyway, he is right when you say it is a very, you know, dark and lonely life. And it goes by very, very fast. And I think that opening montage really did work on selling that concept. Well, the yeah. mo the mo the opening montage was great and the way they did it was cool cuz I was wondering how they were going to they were going to do it and show that he had aged and and yeah. you know things had gone by and they did a good job of showing like you said a very lonely life. I mean, if you looked at the guy, he didn't look happy, but he looked like he was I don't like he was enjoying he what looked, he was doing, but yes. it wasn't. But the, it's not even about whether or not he was happy. It's about that. That's all he did. Exactly. It consumed him from yeah. from childhood. What is what is he? Ten? Yeah. Thirteen I at would the say most. Ten to thirteen, maybe. You know, as a kid in the eighties, through to his ultimate and untimely death. That's all he does. It's him put, cutting out newspapers and writing letters to Mary and learning how to make his own bullets and and keeping his car running. And it's just this very you know, monotone lifestyle yeah. that the brothers are used to, that we're used to seeing. And I think the abrupt ending where the music cuts out and he's just dead all of a sudden really did help yeah, that was really hammer in wild. that point that it can end at any point. Right. It's not something like Dean said, you know, we turn 90 and die in our sleep peacefully. It is just one day you're here doing your montage and the next second it's all over. Yeah, and, and so I think I feel like that was good visual storytelling for how that life is right and and now taking it back to the kids and whether or not it was uh, an odd ending to the episode i felt like it fit with uh what was try what was what they were trying to say meaning yes he had a lonely life he uh he didn't really ever go in any direction he didn't go to college didn't he have you know um, didn't have a family but hey at the very end when things were supposed to be kind of tidied all up you find out it's not all bad he ends up right. he did end up having a family of sorts 
So, and I think that was kind of the point. For it was, it was more about a reflection. This episode had a lot to do with Mary Winchester and where she was at as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the entire reason why they brought Aza and 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 to show his life and the fact that they put that Winchester guilt on her. You know, in colleges they teach white guilt. Well, in in, <laughs> in, in this world they teach Winchester guilt. It's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she went, she was still hunting in 1980. We find out when she yeah. was allegedly retired. Um, showing you that the lifestyle never does can never truly be washed away. It's always there. And then to find out that Aza has become a a hunter because of her and much, died much like her kids became hunters this is not a lifestyle she wanted for herself her kids or anyone and, the and fact- yet she's you know propagated three other lifestyles yeah. going down this four if you count john going down the toilet in her eyes yeah yeah so. exactly she's witnessed his death you know not not uh, by like by at least by words you know she didn't yeah. actually experience it but the fact that she wakes up you know flash forward 30 plus years her husband's dead and her kids are grown up she sees how much she has lost because of a hunter's lifestyle because of the the uh the pact she made with the allies so there's a lot of parallelism there it's interesting to me because i always i always compare being a hunter to this can sound weird but to like the matrix Okay, <laughs> just let me let me let me. Let, I kind of get. You, let me let me say what I'm what I mean. You're over there. You're like half dead anyway, so you don't know. <laughs> let, me, let me talk to Thomas. He's feverish. Yeah. Ignore him. Um, no. What I always rem- like. Okay, so she didn't want her kids to go down that path and become a hunter and understand what's going on with the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like in the Matrix, you have the the veil pulled over your eyes and you don't see the real world. The world is safer and less scary if you don't know the truth behind it. Exactly. Well, you say the same about our world. (laughs) You you could. Absolutely. You absolutely could say that. But I think for me, and and this is just in my opinion, that I would want to know the real world. I I don't think that I could live in a false world, in a fake world where everything is hunky-dory. Yeah, I agree. And then when you, because then when you finally do find out, you're like, holy shit, I left my, I live my life Mm -hmm. in a scary, scary place. And I think ultimately, I wish Mary would look at this like, yes, I didn't have this outcome for my kids and my and my husband and, and now Asa to turn into hunters. But at the same time, if you look at these people and how they're living their lives, they they enjoy what they're doing. Like if you look at Sam and Dean, they, they truly do enjoy being yeah. hunters and saving people. So I think it, 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 it kind of to me, it gets I don't want to say old because it doesn't get old, but I, I don't like the outlook of, hey, we you know, you could have been a, a lawyer or could have went to school. Well, well they enjoy what they're doing and they, they enjoy that they are in this world and they understand the world and they, and they see the real world. And I think that's where I wish that would get acknowledged a little bit more is the fact that yes, not the ultimate great lifestyle, but at the same time, it's the real world. There's, there's a lot in season 12 that's going on about family and acceptance. (laughs) And some of this episode had it in a more of a microcosm. The mom is mad at Mary because she feels like she's the reason that her son, quote, wasted his life and didn't have kids and didn't have X and Y and, and was consumed by hunting. But at the same time, you could argue that anybody who's, you know, obsessed with a certain career path, like, you know, uh, you want to be a writer, for example, but your parents wanted you to be a doctor. They could argue the same thing, that they feel like you wasted your life or, or your abilities and talents. You know, Mary feels like her kids made a mistake by going down the hunting path, but if it's something you wanted, you know, it's kind of accepting that. Just like Dean has to accept that mom's not ready to come home yet. You know, she is going through a lot. She's gone through experiencing all that hunter lifestyle crammed into a couple of weeks of second life, I guess. 
where everyone she knows has died. You know, it's the stuff that she thought she got away from. She hasn't. Yeah. So I think there's a lot about how family, what the family wants for themselves versus what is best for the family. You know, the individuals in it versus what's right. best for the whole. And again, I think this episode also shows Krippy's old mantra or uh, mantra of family doesn't end in blood. Whether or not As- Asa had kids, actual children, or was part of this hunter family, he had a family. It's just hard for mom to like accept that. I think it comes down to like, it's not that bad. It's really yeah. not that it's bad. Not as bad. I mean, you yeah. show that it just with that montage again. I mean, the guy, yes, it was a lonely life according to his mother, right? And it it was sad if you want to look at that way. But at the same time, the guy was making out with chicks. He was having he had tons of women. He was looked like he was enjoying himself. He was smiling he, a lot. I mean, he lived a, a fulfilled life. It's what right. he chose to do. It was his decision, and he made it. And I, as think, Sam said, and I think that's kind of what Dean and Sam were saying to Mary a lot as well. Was this is what we do. We save people. Isn't that what Dean said last or two episodes ago? We save people. We like it. And even Sam has almost, you know, come to terms finally that this is what they were born to do. Almost. This is this is us. And I think Mary is really struggling with that. And she's like I said before, she has this guilt and a little bit. I can understand as a parent, you you want the best for your kids. And this may not be the best for your kids. But at the same time, hey, look at they've been through the storm. They got through and they're good individuals. Much like what Kim Rhodes said this week as Jody Mills. Yeah. They're good men. Appreciate what they do. And right. I think that some of it is that, again, it's what the individual and the family wants versus what's best for the family. Mary wants her kids not to be hunters, but she's kind of glossing over. And again, it's understandable. She's going through a whole lot of shit yeah. right now, but she's kind of glossing over the fact that, as Kim said, she the, they're good boys. They're good people. She did the best she could and John did the best they could and they turned out pretty fucking good. Yeah. So maybe it's not exactly what you wanted, but it's still good. It's not a bad thing. Exactly. And I think And again, tying it back to the fact that Aza died, but look at he did in fact have spawn he has kids it didn't end it didn't end all bad (laughs) he's a frog you know what i'm saying like it didn't end all bad exactly mother gets the the mother his mother has grandchildren Grandchildren yeah i think that was the icing on the cake for that yeah and i think you know you kind of see a little bit of that although she's their mother she hasn't really been a mom to them in the same way and you kind of see that that playing against Jody Mills in this episode. There's a very distinct reason she's in this episode. It was so good. It's real birth mother versus surrogate mother. The one who's been there for the last several years, who's who's helped them through times that have been both good and bad, including Bobby's death, you know, and her own kid and husband dying and, you know, saving the world. She's been there. She has been their mother while Mary has been away. And Mary, and that's one of the things that she feels conflicted about is that she is their mother, but has not been there to be a parent. You know, and that's where Jody, that's why Jody's the one who says they're good kids. You know, she has to be the one. And I, w- I will say it was nice to see them get a little bit of downtime of like having pizza and making fun of Dean's porn habits at home. That's amazing. That was amazing. That was, that was. The and, hentai comic was, comment was amazing. And I think it's kind of interesting how they're, they feel more at home as if they went to see mom with Jody than they have ever acted around their actual mother this season. 
And right. I think that's kind of plays into Dean's whole thing is he wants it to just work automatically and he's afraid of losing her. But at the same time, it's not something that just happens overnight. Just because you are blood doesn't necessarily mean you're the same as the rest of your family. Right. Let's just, you know, no matter how cold it sounds, guess what? They don't know each other. They don't. She doesn't know no. Dean. She doesn't know Sam in the in the least. And vice versa. And yeah, they don't know each other. You can't just can you imagine someone drops a mother in your lap or, or another brother. Hey, guys, this is a family talk. You'd be like, hey, what's up? Uh, this dude, is awkward. Every you time would... I go to Utah, that's what happens. <laughs> I have like 30 cousins and, and, and shit like that. On and that you side can't of the drink family. alcohol. There. I can't drink. I can't swear. I don't know. have fucking anything in common with any of them. Yeah. And then I have to be there at least once a year. And I'm just like, this is yeah, miserable. You'd be clawing your way out. It's not because yeah. you don't, it's not because you don't love them. Not because you don't care. It's just it's awkward. It's People, not. I don't know you. Yeah. I know you guys more than I know my family on that side. Yep. I mean, I, there are some people voicing some pretty malicious uh, thoughts on Mary in the fandom. Like they're really pissed off and over it. And I'm like, you know what? I, as a fan of Supernatural, I can see both sides. I totally get where Sam and Dean are coming from. Yeah. Them wanting their mother, but I totally understand where she's coming from. She was ripped from her own personal paradise in heaven. Yeah. Okay. Everything was fine. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she's being forced to live in this life that she doesn't know, she didn't want, and she's trying with to come to terms she with it. Know. I mean, she wants some time to think. Give her that time to think. It's not like she's not trying to run from some obligation. She doesn't. They're grown men. She doesn't necessarily owe them anything. I uh, I get it where she's coming from. She's not looking to abandon her kids. She's trying but to those... learn how to understand the world that she's found herself in. It's completely different. Imagine being yeah. erased for thirty. Imagine being pushed forward thirty years from now, Thomas. Ugh. No, no thank for, you. forget that. We're in the techno. We're in the technology age, so it'd be, actually be easier. Go back to the seventies. Yeah. Okay. Go back to the 70s or 80s when before cell phones and personal computers and you're thrown into the technology age, you would be lost. Yeah. You would fit. You would be that puzzle piece that cannot be fit. Yeah. You would be the circle being put into the square. It doesn't work. Exactly. How do you understand technology when this thing wasn't even it wasn't even a thing when you were around? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Before so he was born. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Internet. That's a, like. Uh, fantasy when you think about it oh, like, it uh, is magic yeah so just put yourself it's complete and utter shell shock or culture shock yeah and you know not just the 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 time element but those aren't as far as she frankly as far as she cares those aren't her kids yeah exactly she in heaven knew her little sam and her little dean these that are grown men. Perverse. Oh, for fuck's sake. This is my little Sam, <laughs> and this one's my little Dean. You're the parent, and you took it down that C- route. Come here, little Dean. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That's so awful, dude. Her kids, she knew, are now gone, essentially dead. Because even if she goes back to heaven, maybe some of her will realize that this is a fantasy. Yeah. The kids she knows will never come back. Until she dies again. Yeah, I totally get where they're going with her, and I think it works in so many ways. Yeah, you know, that's that's a fucked thought. I mean, think about that. Your kid's just gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, little Dean, where you at? Come here, little Dean, I need you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I need you inside me. Oh! oh. It was implied, man. Does he have to, sometimes... I gotta hit the nail on the you head. Just, you, no, no, no. You the have nail to, was there. You didn't have to do anything. Yeah, I decided. God to hit damn it. it! I decided to hit it. Jesus, 
I decided you to said. nail it. He is oh, that guy so too. Terrible. He's that guy. Like I could just see him. Uh-huh. Mike, don't make fun no, of me. I, I could just. He's that guy. Yeah. Uh-uh. He's having sex. We have to talk about it. Why he's having sex? I, I'm having sex he's right now. He's tweeting. He's Instagram video. <laughs> I'm live him. tweeting it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You fucker. I thrust it in. I thrust it <laughs> out. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Save All it right. for your fan fiction corner. That's never going to happen. Yeah. It's going oh, to be a webisode. It's going to be a webisode. Oh, it's a webisode. Thanks, yeah. Thomas. Oh, Moving Jesus. on. <laughs> webisode. So, getting to the the main concept of the story, you know, we have Ace, Asa, right? Oh Asa, my lord, Asa. Thomas, dude! <laughs> Asa's funeral with a whole bunch of hunters, and then people start dying all of a sudden. Because the demon that his his vendetta demon, his arch enemy, essentially, is back. And this, I you know, I, I kind of wanted that to play out a little bit longer than it did. I agree. It's, it's not like it, it did anything necessarily wrong. But I thought there was going to be more to this who's well, who when the demon's hunting people. I wanted a little more tension. What I was, what I was glad about is the fact that there is another hunter who had a demon as an arch enemy. Yeah. Like we see that, that demons are very much, they hold grudges and, and they're pricks and they're pricks. And I think, you know, we've seen that with yellow eyes and we've seen that with other demons. So it was, it was cool to see that it's not a rare occasion for a demon to, to kind of latch on to someone or latch on to a hunter. And I think that's what I really liked about this demon is that, it was a no nonsense demon, but at the same time, it, it had latched onto this guy and had a, held a grudge. I mm-hmm. like that yeah. part a lot. Yeah. It was cool. I, we, we, we've we haven't seen it in a long ass time, yeah. and I think it was cool to see it from another hunter's point of view. Absolutely, yeah. I thought it was really cool. Well, not just that. I like the idea that it kept coming back because you yeah. know essentially that's something that the brothers have kind of solved since season three. Is that with the Enochian blade and the angel blade. They've had the ability to flat out kill and destroy demons. Right. But until that point, and they only had the Enochian blade because of, you know, Ruby. They only have angel blades because of their relationship with Castiel. Other hunters well, don't even, have that. I know that po- when they made that comment, like, nice knife. Thanks. Yeah. That, yeah, was, that like, was cool. I, I like that too. It's cool. It does show that they are very different from the other hunters. They hunter. are. The uh, Elvis character, the, the eccentric hunter, only had a regular knife, yeah. a Bowie knife, you yeah. know. He. It wasn't as prepared and I liked the idea because that they can only use exorcism and still having to use devil traps nobody has psychic powers like Sam and can just you know push them into the floorboards and back into hell everyone yeah. else had to go old school season one through three mentality which was cool but not, I like the idea that the demon can come back and continuously haunt him over the years you know as long as they can get out and that that's something that theoretically the demon will ultimately win because until he got the angel blade, that was always coming back. Right. You know, I kind of like that idea in other fiction where demons can be banished, but only for a certain amount of time. Right. And that they'll always come out. back. You know, I liked that concept to this episode. And it, you know, it kind of fuels into the end plot of how, you know, Bucky, the hunter slayer, ended up killing his own <laughs> friend. <laughs> I just thought God that took, uh, that took uh, you a full two wow. seconds. That was terrible. That it sounds was. Like Bucky, the, that's something I would say, dude. That yeah. sounds like a... Uh, Bucky from Winter Soldier, whatever, the friend who ends up being a dickhead wants to go back for the blade because that is how they can end this fight. You know, I I liked that concept. I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't know why, never, but it, it was way funnier than it should be. Like, yeah, that should have been that funny. Was, I thought is. that was going to be like a ha at best from I Ryan. because you're I didn't delirious. expect him to be mad and you to be like, that's the best thing. That's because Mike's delirious. I think delirious. Ryan got it right. Like, I'm delirious. He did. Yeah. He, he, 
anything that sounds semi funny is going to be like the funniest thing he's ever heard <laughs> right now. So get all your dick jokes out now because he'll love them. I know. I need to uh, think some good ones here. Yeah. No, but I, I did like that the demon was this force that would come back and always be a problem. And I did like how they made him or, or it because it was just, his name JL, whatever the fuck. No labels, Thomas. I thought it was Jennifer Lawrence at first. As oh. immediately the initials I thought of. But I liked how it has you been a thought threat. of Jennifer Lawrence when you heard JL. Yeah. Jesus. He's Maybe young. I was He's horny young. when I was watching He's it. He's young, dude. I would have thought of John Lennon, but that's just me. He's young. He's a young kid. Jen, John Lennon. Yeah, JL. John Lennon. That's what I would have. If I would have heard those initials. You're weird. I, <laughs> I'm weird? That make me weird. I like how the demon is this evil force that can also be half poltergeist, though, turning out lights, you know, shutting yeah, off water, cool. cl- cool. keeping them locked in. Yeah. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. It was nice to see them I, be a threat again. You know what shot? I, I really like the shot where the one of his kids, a- Asa's kids, um, the guy, uh, like moved his hand and you could see the warding. The warding, yeah. yeah. That was cool because you, we've seen warding before and it's always physically drawn. Yeah. And I think that was cool to see it kind of, you know, you had to use magic to kind of see that 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 warding. And the warding, it didn't look like normal demon warding, did it? I thought it looked a little different to me, which I thought was kind well, of cool. Well, have we ever seen a I demon? We've, seen we've never seen a demon ward, ward humans. I think we've seen, and we've seen angel warding. We've seen angels, and we've seen humans, you know, Latin transcriptions to keep demons at bay. Yeah, but nothing to keep humans locked into a room, right? I mean, we, yeah, that, was that cool, must be man. a dab thing, because he also did that this year with uh, the human trap. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's the, right. Yeah. I, I, correct if, if we're wrong, listeners, I mean, have we seen warding that keeps humans in a room because i know uh we've never seen human traps before no that was new so a little bit of lore we're getting this year i like i like the, the world is being opened up more it's funner that way you know the best thing that i like though about this demon besides the obvious the and the fact that we got a real demon and a real actual evil presence again was the fact that it was a nice way to make uh kim rhodes act her ass off oh right <laughs> well any of them that, that got possessed did a great job when they were possessed true but kim rhodes had every range between a death of a loved one to maniacal villain (laughs) to happy that and shocked that mom's alive you know she got to do the whole she got to do everything yeah Yeah, i put in the show notes show notes that it's an actor's acting real wet dream like she literally got to do everything that actors want to do she went through the entire emotional range this week in the episode and convincing yeah and we've never got to see her play all of that. We've seen her play the emotional side. We've seen her play the badass, the, the side. more tough, you know, side. But even the mom side, yeah, for a bit. But never all of this. Yeah, never or all the, the villain. Above. And she played maniacal so damn good. Well, the, yeah. when she's like talking and she's like tiptoeing around the the yeah. the, the devil's trap, yeah. I was like, oh, dude, that's so like. I was very, gay. I was smiling when I was watching her perform. Like, this is good because we've known, we know, we know her, we've spoken to her, and and she's such a such a fandom favorite. She's so invested in the in the fandom, and to to see her be able to actually do something besides, hey boys, I'm here this week, and I'm gonna do this in this filler episode. She got to play. Have I not been saying this for two years now? I love Kim Rhodes episodes, but they're usually her own episode and her own little side story that we've mm-hmm. been getting, which is fun. But let's bring her into the. Thick I like of her it. being let's involved. Part of everything. Yeah, let's yeah. bring her into. The I thick liked of it, it when she was involved with the death or apocalypse. You're right. You know, I liked it when she was involved with Crowley. I liked it when she found that Borax, for whatever reason, hurts the <laughs> Leviathans. 
You know, I liked it when she's involved in the plot. Yeah. Just like I liked it when Charlie was involved with Book of the Dam or defeating Dick Roman, but not when it was just kind of their standoff look at their storyline episodes. They're not bad episodes, but they're just, it doesn't feel the same. It feels more like a guest star right. bit with Scooby-Doo's. You know, this week, you know, here here's this person. Which is, I feel like, is a shame because I, I like it when it feels more real that you would just run into this person or you'd stop by for pizza and, and a beer, you know. It feels like a real world. Yeah. And spe- although speaking of Scooby-Doo, I loved how immediately, like, all right, there's an evil threat in this room that's very large. Everyone's split up into pairs. Yeah. It's like, for fuck's sake, this guys. This place is like uber creepy, Scoob. It, like, has to be, awesome. it has to be one of you. Why would you split up? Yeah. Stay in the same fucking room. And they did that later, so I was okay with it. But that immediately pissed me off. It's classic. Was, it's, it's classic. classic. It's classic dumb it's horror classic bullshit. Horror. You gotta do it. All right, so they have to come in through this one room. I say we make a window here and blow down this wall. So that we can all watch, have an exit to watch. I don't understand why. Hey, let's make a let's make a a a, tra- uh, a salt circle. What's it called? A circle made of salt. Let's all stand in there and uh, let's sit here and tell. Let's see someone. what happens. Yeah, it's problem solved. Yeah, nobody go off on their own and get murdered. Exactly. We all are, we're all staring at each other right now. Nobody have sex. Yeah. Well, pass, no... you have to pass the time as long as it's within the circle. Well, can, oh, right, can right, demon right. smoke pass through through intercourse? Yeah, because the then you wouldn't know if it's, it's sw- through the tip. Yeah. Yeah, it goes right, right, up in, the pee hole. right up in the pee hole into the, the, the <laughs> right in the JJ. You know what? That's some cannon we need. Like, like no, I'm being seriously. Like, does it just Dick come possessions. out of the mouth, or can it technically a demon be come out of any orifice? Like he a snake through, in a toilet, yeah, he, like the asshole. He comes right out of your butt hole. hole. What, co- if it, what if it did? <laughs> just smoking out of your dick hole, dude. Like instead of a oh, it's like a fart sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's all then there's just a, a fucking air bubble of smoke oh god that'd be terrible oh man that's the pee hole the badge why not right in the, right out of the pee hole under the jj right out of her <laughs> right out of her nipple right out of her nipple oh, oh my god <laughs> oh my god what the fuck mike you you do have a fever jesus christ oh, wow. we just lost all listeners and everyone uh, dipped out you lost me wow <laughs> thomas walked out Jeez, of the room i'm walking out now Good God, Mike! What were we even talking about? <laughs> that's good. That's good, clean fun. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's that's anyway. And I know what our promo is for next week. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> demon possession, Scooby Doo bit. Now, I did you know, one thing that made I can't, I can't even dude, you pass threw him off. Said. You threw you me threw off, him dude. Off so Derailed bad. the whole fucking dude. thing. I had a point. <laughs> Dude, that's normally my job. Mike just comes in and shuts it down. All right, I got, I got one. So we're gonna go back. Let's All focus right, okay. here. All right, focus up. Now, I this is a gripe. I will say. Oh, so, oh, 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 here we fair go. Fair warning. Hit the hate train music. I, I was not a fan of the whole exposition block as to who this demon was, why it was here, and and all the stuff. When, when was that? As they got locked in the house after the first person's discovered dead, Bucky all of a sudden is just reading from the script. As to what happened. (laughs) He's just like, all right, in the beginning, there was this demon. He was a dick. Like, he just kind of goes off. And, you know, it's not necessarily a bad way to do it 100%, but it was, it did feel very rushed. It was very much just, here's an exposition bit. Here it all is at once. It wasn't told. How would you like of it to be told? I think it could have been told a little bit in that montage. Honestly, we see, you know, his life up until this point. It could have been told through the montage. It could have been told through stories 
throughout the night from the other hunters' perspectives, like Bucky, rather than hearing about the roller skating bit, it could have been we put away this one demon that will always haunt me. I wish we could have done something better with Fair that. Point. It could have been the kids who know about their dad. You know, oh, our dad hunted a demon a lot like, you know, Asa. So that may have given us a clue as to what their relationship to him was. Not that they're just, hey, they're his kids out of nowhere. All right, fair I enough. I felt that like the exposition right, was just shoehorned in because we needed it. Because otherwise you'd be like, why, why the fuck is this demon mad? You know, because he's a demon. You know, uh, yeah, outside of the given, though. <laughs> so that was one bit of a gripe. But, you know, I, I, I did like how badass the demon was. And he had balls or he or she had balls to come into an entire group of hunters and be like, yeah, I'm going to fuck with all of you. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it, that was ballsy. That's who, how Especially when the Winchesters are on the play, the yeah. playing table. Yeah, and that's how the original demons were. It, it's true. They would play Russian roulette. They don't, they don't give a shit. You know, what do they have to lose? Nothing. That's exactly why I liked this episode because getting stabbed and never coming back. Listen, Thomas, that's what we've been complaining about for like three years that the Tweedledee and Tweedledum demons. Yeah, that is. It absolutely is. Now, I think probably my favorite bit of the episode, though, outside of just, you know, Kim Rhodes and and the the mother son storyline kind of thing was Billy the Reaper's return. Just she is just. This character that inspires fear the second well, she shows up. I like that they they put her in this this episode, and it didn't seem forced. You know, it, like normally when you see a character like that and she shows up in a, in a rando, for the lack of a better word, filler episode, um, it it's normally seems forced, and it wasn't forced here. It, you know, it, what I liked it about it is that Billy is the one that personally is reaping a hunter's. You know, like she's the one personally doing it. And well, think, that's what they always did. It's yeah, just they weren't cool. always seen. Yeah, I just you thought know? that was cool. And and I think they did a great job of having her, inserting her into this episode and not making it feel like, uh, you know, why? Why? You know what I mean? I thought they did a good job with that. So Yeah, and I agree uh, with Billy Reaper, Billy the Reaper's, uh, Lisa Berry's performance. Like, yeah. she has a really good screen presence. And she she's, does, yeah. She's convincing, especially now that we've spoken with her and we know that she's nothing like that character. Right? I, I thought maybe when we'd get her on the show, we'd yeah. find out she's a little stoic. Yeah. Maybe slow, well, th- slow at speaking a bit. But no, it, when finding out that how awesome. how completely different she is just makes that character that much better. You well, can appreciate the type of acting that goes into actually portraying someone like that. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, you and I talked to her. Thomas's mic wasn't turned on that high. Right, so I was yelling from the background. He was yelling from the background. Was that little, the little mouse voice? Mike presses all the buttons. Dude, Mike's struggling a little. I bit. know, right? We have to wrap this. They oh. never are. Because so, oh, my mic's off. Yep. For, oh, hashtag forgettable Thomas. Yeah. Let's not start. That. I'm the pretty one though. It's okay. So oh, apparently, Lord, I did go. like though because that because you're right. She is this commanding presence when she shows up to the the episode, and the the vibe I get from her honestly is the same as I got from Anthony Hopkins during Silence of the Lambs. Hello. And Clarice. I honestly want to go back and see how often she blinks. Because her face is stoic, and she has this this feeling of hate and just not giving a fuck. Other she, demons will joke and threaten. You know, angels will just kind of idiotically threaten because they're they they're like I'm more powerful than you. I have yeah. no reason to be afraid. But they're dumb in a certain way. Billy has zero fear being around them. She is a true threat to them. 
and and does not like them. And of course, the choice camera angles and the camera yep. blocking and the movement has a lot to do with it because the way they capture her, the way the Surge, I believe his name is, the DP, mm-hmm. uh, the way he captures her, it makes it look like as if she's not walking, but she moves. Just kind of floating. Yeah. 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 yeah that's all just creepy. appears out of the ether. Yeah. You know? And I like I loved that shot when you see her at, after the bonfires smoking out. And she's just starts talking, not blinking through the smoke that you can kind of half see like a ghost yeah. almost. I love that sh- when she showed up there. But we kind of get a little bit of an idea as to what not she doesn't really have a goal per se. There's no goal there. But yeah. she does not like the Winchesters fucking up with the balance of the universe. That's what universe, it's all about. Which is again the kind of the theme of this season it seems to be between the mental letters and what good are you really doing right. after a certain point. And Billy is that supernatural force. Now that God and Amara have left and God basically gave them a, you know, a blank check and do whatever you want. I don't really fucking care. And went and brought Mary back. And well, when she, Amara when she already, back. well, I, my, my point is that she already drew the line saying this is not going to happen anymore. Yeah. And it happened under her watch already. And yeah, she's and she pissed. pissed about and it. And she yeah. wants Mary's soul, not from a vindictive way, but from a, this is against the natural order. I, she follows the rules look, very Billy. strictly. Look, Billy. Okay. Can God's, I call you Billy? Can I call you Billy? God's sister is the one that brought Mary back. Pump your brakes. <laughs> I'm sure Amara could snap her fingers and Billy would disappear forever. Oh, let's just pump your brakes there. I know you're not happy about it, but when the big boss man's sister says, Hey, I'm going to do this. You kind of just sit back and let it happen. Right? Yeah. And it makes sense, but I do like her. We kind of see why she's involved yeah. with the Winchester. She doesn't like them. It fits into the men of letters concept. Her as character well. makes a lot of sense. This season. It makes a lot more oh, sense tons. than last year. Although I think that you needed were, her last they, they year to set it, it up. Yeah, yeah, they were setting the foundation. Yeah, absolutely. So I I did love her showing up. And sh- now Dean, uh, you know, as he always is, and this kind of feeds into Lucifer's comment last season's mid-season premiere. You always choose each other over everything else, and that's where the problem is. Dean flat out made an agreement with Billy. No questions, no, you know... What do I owe you if you get me into this building? It was just, yeah, deal, sure. Get me in there so I can help my brother. And I, for a minute, honestly thought maybe she would just try and take Mary right then and there. And not even ask and for not, permission. Yeah, you you owe me one. This is it. End of discussion. And again, that could end up biting him in the ass because he does still he owe think, her one. He doesn't think about it before he, his actions. Well, they never do in regards to each other. And that's Lucifer's point, that you guys just do things... And then shit happens, and you never really come to you know answer for it. You kind of yeah, they, they they just they they go on a whim and hope that the whim works out, which is technically not how you should be doing yeah. things. Yeah. Now, but, now one thing, Thomas, that we need to segue into is the ultimate reason why Billy was there, and the fact that she said yes, she has no agenda, okay, and she's not there's no malice or ill intent, mm-hmm. but she also offered Mary an act of mercy. Because she knows yep. that Mary does not want to be here. Yeah. And what is that? How does that make? How is this going to affect Sam and Dean? The fact that they know now that Mary'd rather be dead. Yes, she chose, I think, again, she chose her boys to stay there and not hurt them. Because obviously we would know that it would be beyond detrimental to them. Mm-hmm. She chose to stay. For the time being, anyway. But that felt like a mom for her kids decision rather than a mom for herself decision. And I think that kind of fits into the idea of what the person wants 
takes a back burner as to what's better for the family. Right. And and that's the Winchester element, because if she would have chosen death and if she chooses death, even in at the end of the year, I'll be very disappointed uh, if the writers decide to go down that route. Now, does she want to struggle with living or dying? Yes, because that's a very real feeling that a lot of people struggle lot of with people today. Every and day. It, <laughs> yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. But it all it's also not the Winchester way to give up. And that is a sense of giving yeah. up. It and is, if she were if is. she were to take that route, it would kind of go against everything that we know of the Winchesters and how they act as people. Yeah, I mean, yes, what Mary's going through is tough, but I mean, you, arguably, you can't give up. arguably, Dean and Sam have gone through just as much if terror, not worse. if not worse. Yeah, so I mean, and they have chosen to continue to live, and they've chosen each other. Yeah, they so, choose family. Yeah, and, and that, maybe and, that's why you know the counter argument to the mental letters and Lucifer and Billy is that choosing family is more important than all this other stuff. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's the ultimate, that is kind of the ultimate theme to the show, but it was a heavy moment. And I was like, man, cause the foreshadowing, like yeah. wh- whether, whether or not she's going to end up choosing death or not is regardless. The fact that we it's now not good though, the fact that that's now on us an and, that, and that's, yeah. yeah, now it brings a whole new level of stress for me as a viewer, dude. I think the cynic that is me, immediately says this is how it's going to end you know not i can't see them doing it dude not killing her not her killing herself or or wanting to die i feel like ultimately though mary is doomed and i'm i'm being the the naysayer the 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 herald of sadness right now but i think ultimately mary's doomed i heard the steins were going to come back kill her and put her in a bathtub we weren't going to see the death oh perfect is she going to dye her hair red too it was just tweeted to me by dab wait, Robert Singer. He's he, the one that likes to drop spoilers. He just tweeted me that. He DM'd you that? He DM'd me a picture yeah. of Mary Winchester's hand hanging out of, out of the bathtub. Like, hey, dude, that's how it sorry to bring it to you. That's how and she you, goes and out. You, you totally just knew that it was Mary Winchester's hand. Like, you didn't even know. It was the jacket. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And the, I could and the see, blonde hair. Yeah. I could see this being the end for her ultimately, though. I mean, I think you could have the story written that she finally kind of gets to know her kids, kind of accepts being back on earth but like family making some big sacrifice to save her kids and then you know she gets what she wants ultimately she also got to get to know them and spend time with them the kids got to be with her even for a brief period but i do think that's ultimately how you end the story she doesn't stay forever she's not bobby you know I think I, eventually she's going to go. And I, I agree, think, and I and I I, I want to d- disagree. I think that'll be the one time Billy will come and show an ounce of emotion to I, them too. I think. Uh, Let's call br- it now. Let's call it now. November eighteenth. Yeah. Wait, what's the date? November eighteenth. November eighteenth. Let's call it now. We haven't done this in a while. Yep. Bets, please. Bets, please. Will Mary die? Either right. do we want to go at during the season or die in general? This season's iffy, depending on what kind of plans Dab has, but in general, yes. Okay. Before the, the show ends, you know, this season, I'm going to put I, 50-50. I, I wanna, I'm going to go 60-40, actually. She will. I'm going to say no. And I think, I think to go all that way to bring her back and to have her come back is it, just, it, it's... It brings it, it. It makes the comeback of her worthless. If she not just necessarily, I, I and I, I here's my argument: Does her coming back and to be with them and then eventually die again sucks? Absolutely, it sucks. 
But two things. One, it's their only chance for them to get to know her, really. The only, and that, what kind of, that's a huge gift, whether it's from God or Amara, to get to know somebody who you had idolized and cared for this, for the, your entire life. You know, how many people, like Jody said, would give anything just to have a little bit more time with her loved ones? She has been given that. They have been given that. And two, and I think a little more importantly, it's real to the story of the Winchesters and it's real to life that sometimes, sadly, we lose the ones we love, whether it's from some horrific disease or an accident or just old age. Dude. I think that fits and tells a human story that eventually he will have to finally, truly cope with his mother's death, not bury it in hunting and alcohol and rage. No, it's, it's going to be that's the, a human story that you tell. It's going to be the happy ending and it's, everyone's going to come back alive. And, and then gonna John's going to show up and yep, with and a then, Negan bat and they're going to go play baseball. Yep, exactly. I, I think that's what we're going to, what we're going to get. We're going to get the happy ending and everything's going to just turn out happy. Okay. Now it, I have to make a decision, huh? I, you do. Um, yeah. Jesus. Um, <laughs> all right. I don't think she's going to die. Really? Yeah. At all or this season? I don't think she's going to die. I mean, if she, it's kind of silly to bring back Mary, an epic character from their past, and then to kill her. Now, it, it just, it's so wrong on so many levels. Yep. I and think it I, makes and sense. And I think the ultimately. writers would be fucking with the audience in a way that the audience would be very mad about. Now, do I find, do I see them putting a pin in her and, uh, doing away with her character yes much like they did with god yes has she moved away gone away does she want nothing to do with the hunting lifestyle does she become a hermit does she pop in now and again yes uh is there some traumatic reason or tragic reason why she can't interact with the boys possibly um for her own safety for their safety is there some deal that was made who knows is it going to be tragic yes is she going to die i feel like it's silly i think at this point the show is on the show's on season 12 and we all know, we joke about it, that the season's gonna, the show's going to last forever. But let's be honest, there's mm-hmm. less years ahead than there are behind. And I think the way the show needs to go out, now that Mary's here, you have all of them back, and then they die. I'm t- all of them. Everyone I don't, dies. I don't want them dying, but I'm saying Suicide if it's going to... <laughs> yeah, John, Thelma, Thelma John and comes, Luis. John they're, all, they're all in the Impala having sex, and they just oh, fall Jesus. off the cliff. What? Thelma and Louise. John, no, wow. I, here's what I think. John comes back. We'll have Mary's back. Sam and Dean, and they all go out in a blaze of glory, and that's how it ends. And they, they all... send out a big tweet, fuck Adam. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And Mary's all, who's Adam? Yeah. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> she's all, she's all, and John, John's like, John yeah. Winchester, who is Adam? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Nobody else did. <laughs> Hashtag, I don't remember having a third son. <laughs> what condom? <laughs> oh, I get what you're fucked. saying. When's she going to find out about Dude, that? Dude, I was thinking about that the other when day. When he's I'm remembered like, by I'm anybody like, else but the fans. Hey, hey mom, um, I'm going to tell you something. We, we had a step we, we have a brother. He was a ghoul when we met him, but. Yeah, dad had But sex. we met him later. And uh, he's, he's kind cool. of a prick. He's kind of, he's he's kind cool. of fucking gone now. He's pretty good. Pretty cool. I like him. He's he's pretty cool. He's in Lucifer's cage, <laughs> but he's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, he was possessed. I didn't. We'll I didn't by know, Michael. I don't know how it happened. I'm not sure how the science of it works, but I think he's your son too. Yeah, I think. I think I, you're his mom, Mary. Some somehow <laughs> he, he came out of you without you knowing it. Oh jeez. And um, he was a now, test tube baby. I think I get what you're saying. I think that with fewer <laughs> years ahead of us than behind, you do 
you kind of want to end it on a better note, but I think I'm at not the same saying time, a better note. I'm just saying that it, we got to have, we can't have, we're not playing, uh, you know, what's it called? Like one person's here, one person's not. I think yeah. now we need, before Mary leaves, John has got to be in it. Yeah. Oh, he has yeah. to come back. And that's all. I'd and I, and I don't see John coming back anytime soon. Like right now in the next right. year and a half. Dude, he's busy doing. Walking dead. Walking dead. But not just that, just I don't think the story fits him right now. No, it doesn't. The direction of the story doesn't fit having him there. So I don't see them doing away with her anytime soon. Um, maybe, who knows, in two years when the story, we don't know, the, story, the narrative can change drastically. And then all of a sudden you can be like, okay, I can see that happening. And it works. Um, but if it happens, it needs to happen in a, in a, in a Win- Winchester-esque type of way. Um, not something we've seen a hundred times, but it has to come from the same place. It can't, it can't come because she wants to give up. Uh, it just, I don't think we want that. Yes. That's a very sad, realistic, uh, (laughs) approach to things, point of view or perspective (laughs) that, yeah, um, people do want to just end it sometimes. And you know, how much suffering is just enough. But I mean, again, look at Sam and Dean. They are suffering, they've suffered, and they have continued to march on. Yeah. In, in the chat room, VW said, Dean and Sam are Cain and Abel, and Adam is Seth, the brother no one cares to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's, that's classic. True. I don't know. I'm an Adam fan. I've always liked him. I, I hated him. I get what you're saying, and I don't think necessarily it's it's not Mary's time to go, but I think ultimately she will, because okay. sadly that okay, fits so the theme of Supernatural. Okay, so you're talking season 13 or 14? Yeah. Okay. Well, then, like I, into the then show, I, show. Then I would agree with you that yes, yeah, someone's before end die. of the show. Before end of the show, um, I think Sam should burn on the ceiling but, this time, and the mother Jesus. sees it. <laughs> he can't. That fabulous hair. It needs uh, to be flame retardant. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, I think man. ultimately Mary will go before the season or the the show ends. Now this season, okay. fifty fifty. You could argue it, but again, it's it it depends on what Dab has planned. I like to go into it hoping he doesn't have just one season thought out and that's it. But he has, like Carver, you know, a three-season plan. Yeah, let's not bloodlines her, all right, Dab? Let's- <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so. Did somebody mention bloodlines? God damn it. We said it too many times. Did somebody mention bloodlines? Hi, I'm Lou Ferrigno. I, I said this before. It's like Bloody Mary. You have to say bloodlines three, three times. times and Lou Ferrigno shows up. And we've said it three times. Hi, guys. Show. I'm here, Lou Ferrigno. You owe me thirty-seven fifty for this appearance. <laughs> You're paying him, Mike. Thomas, Thomas, shut up, Thomas. Do we salt and burn him? Is that how we get rid of him? <laughs> I how do we, we kill him first? You guys said one line three times that made me appear. Um, this episode was good. <laughs> Last episode was more like bloodlines. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. All right, enough. <laughs> yeah, new listeners are gonna have no idea why. That that was enough. an old bit. Now. Why Thanks Lou for stopping by, Lou. Appreciate it. <laughs> why Lou Frigno likes bloodlines? Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, Lou yeah. hasn't been here in a while. Yeah. Well, I, I think ultimately that is kind of what is at least alluded to with Billy showing up. So, yeah, I think with that, guys, we probably time to go into final thoughts for this episode. Uh, Ryan, what did you think um, overall? Overall, I, I think this was a, a very nice change of pace from last week. Um, mm-hmm. I think the story and see, getting to see hunters in a different light. You know, we've we've been used to seeing them in a certain way, and I'm glad we got to see them in this way. Um, I, I enjoyed uh, the story. I enjoyed the flashbacks. Um, and even the start of the episode was great with, with seeing how Asa became what he is, mm-hmm. seeing Mary kind of doing what she does best. I mean, she is a hunter through and through. So I think it was cool to see her actually hunting that. So um, as far as the demon goes, man, it was 
finally, finally, we got a cool kick-ass demon again. I, I was kind of getting tired of the of the demons seeming like stooges. I was also, you know, what I was also tired of them in suits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. not meat suits, but suits, like suits, suits, suits I, like actually creepy suits. Yeah, liked seeing the smoke and just being something in the house. Well, the, that that supernatural yeah, element to them again. I definitely liked that aspect. I like the whole. I, I'm a big fan of like the murder mystery type shows, so it was yeah. cool to have him jumping from body or him or her, whatever it was. I don't know, uh, jumping from body to body and, and and fucking with them. And I think that's what we got back to, like you said, season one through three, Demon, where they he was toying with them, and he didn't give a shit that Sam and Dean Winchester were in the house. Yeah, and he didn't care, or he or she didn't care. And I think that was awesome, and I'm glad we got that in the episode. Um, as far as 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 the the visual effect shots, the eyes are always cool shot. Um, mm-hmm. They did a great job with that. The and the warding on the walls was such a cool shot. It, it was so subtle, but it was really well done. Um, it almost seemed like they were floating off the wall. I don't know if you noticed that. You go back and watch it, like when he when he waves his hand, it looks like they're floating off the wall, not exactly okay. written on the wall, which I thought was cool. Um, but yeah, this was cool. Uh, Billy, I mean Billy the Reaper, she is freaking amazing. Yeah. She really is. Um, yeah, I, I think this was a good one. And I think it's great that they took a, an episode that, in all the sense, is a filler episode and added some aspects of, of the overlying story and what's going on into it. And I always like that when they do a, an episode like this. So I, in this one, I'm going to give this an A. I actually really, really? like this. I really did like this episode. Yeah. Uh, and okay. I'm not saying like, you know, an A plus or anything, but a, a solid A. Okay. A little higher than I expected, but yeah, you know, I was teetering between a a B and and a a B plus and an A, and I just the more we sat and talked about it, and the more we got to see about hunters, which I think is cool, and and like Mike said, the lore of hunters, Mm -hmm. um, it 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 jumped me into an A. All right, Mike, what about you? If he's alive, (laughs) he hasn't died yet. I I was sneezing in the background. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Let's see if I can suffer my way through this. Um, I think I liked the throwback field. I know that's something we've been using a lot this year, um, but it really was a throwback idea for an yeah. episode and not just throwback to the old days of supernatural, but also had the classic story tropes for horror films, much like, you know, John Carpenter's the thing, you know, where, yeah. which person has the alien inside of it. I've always loved those types of things. Yeah. The thing. Uh, what a great it, movie. It's a used up concept, but for some reason, if it's utilized in the right way, it still works. Mm-hmm. And I think in this, if you have a group of good actors, it works. And I think uh, Supernatural's blessed with uh, with talent, so that's not, they're not short on talent. Um, also, it was a lot like the old uh, Hitchcock films, where before the killing started, you got you actually got to know the hunters, right? Um, and that's something that's also a missed art in cinema. And I just talked about this on a Weird West radio show I did uh, when I was talking about Dust Till Dawn. Where the old days of kind of getting to know your characters in horror films so that it matters when they die don't exist. The the, the blood yeah. and gore starts Half happening. Half of them you hate bef- and want them to you die. You usually loathe them. Yeah. You're annoyed by their choices. And in this episode, they borrowed a bit from the Hitchcock book where, hey, let's get to know the characters. Let's wait a good, let's wait until the third act before yeah. we even start slaying people. Which yeah. Is, Cool. Let us introduce you to the hunters and open up the world a bit. Uh, the foreshadowing of things to come, I think, is definitely there in terms of the middle letters. They're not going to like these hunters. They're not going to like the witchcraft hunter. They're not going to like the the diversity. Yeah. 
you know, as we know, they're narrow minded. They believe the way they they do things is correct. So I, I think it was smart to enter to reintroduce the world to the hunters again, the fans. Yep. It's something we just not have not seen. Also, the parallelism between Aza Fox and the Winchesters and uh, from the perspective of Mary Winchester, I think was a very strong element this week. Kim Rhodes playing off of Mary or Jody Mills, I should say, playing off Mary Winchester. It was such a great dynamic to see all of them work together. Billy the Reaper, just good. We already talked about her a few minutes ago, so I won't go get into it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I enjoyed the episode. It was a fun take a breather episode, but also give us some much needed insight into where Mary's at. Because this episode was very much Mary centric. It was to give her some development without taking away too far from the Winchesters, because that's something we see a lot in Supernatural is why they're trying to develop this person over here. It usually right. means we're not going to get we're going to be light on Sam and Dean. And they didn't do that this week. They kept Sam and Dean front and center, but also was able to develop the side character that they're that they're uh, spotlighting this season. Also, Kim Rhodes acting is just fantastic. I've we've always known she's a she's, she's a capable actor, but after this week and the fact that they were able to give her an emotional roller coaster ride of things to do, and she convincingly portrayed all of them. Usually, you have actors that can do one thing. The yeah. fact that she can convincingly get us emotionally invested and excited over multiple different scenes. That's off to them. So acting is an A, and I think the writing of the script is probably about a B. Okay. So what's that average? A minus. A minus from Mike or B plus? I just a B. It's a B episode. It's good. A B. Yeah. All right. Um, for me, I liked the throwbacks to older things like the old style of ex- uh, exorcism. I liked even seeing it go into the floorboards like it used to. I liked the references to you know their dad and what he thought of hunter gatherings ellen in the roadhouse uh acting was great kim rhodes like we said every range i bet she had a ton of fun doing this episode i liked the parallels that there was more to the writing of what was between what's happening on screen and what's happening in the story you know it's between was it uh plot how does it go the difference between plot and storyline i guess um i i liked that bit I enjoyed seeing a demon be a badass again and an actual threat. So I, it was fun to be afraid in some ways of who's next in the house. I will say I had a a few gripes, nothing horrific, but as I said, I felt like the exposition of the demon's background could have been a little bit better implemented throughout. Could have done a little better. If you're going to do a montage or if you're going to have people telling a story about this guy's life, I feel like there was opportunities there for both the kids to have little grains of why they are exactly here, as well as why this demon has beef with him to be told throughout the evening. And that you could have even deduced on your own, had you been paying attention to the episode, all the little stories and kind of put it, put the pieces together yourself. I think that could have been something cool that they did if rather than just the exposition dump. Um, my biggest gripe, and I, and this is probably a bit petty, but when they killed Elvis, the spin around head and his dead body, the visual effects on that were a little, weak. a little weak compared to what I'm so used to from Supernatural. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I not to cut you off, Thomas, but Mike, go. is there a way to do that with a with a standard like um, 
practical more effect. practical effect. Instead of doing it digitally. Yeah, they've done it in horror movies yeah, since, they, they the, do it a lot. since the dawn of time. I think I, it would have looked better with a practical effect. And that's the thing. I feel like had they done a little more practical there and not then shown us the poorly kind of like photoshopped face and yeah. crumpled body, I feel like that would have given it more of that old school horror vibe. Yeah. That feel. It would have felt more disturbing, more yeah. real. I think that's, um, unfortunately, um, it falls victim to the times where yeah, it does where CGI is a quick, easy fix. Why do this why really worry quick with about the green using, mask? Yeah, why worry about prosthetics? Yeah, let's just uh, quickly do this and and uh, in post. Yeah, and I, and I get that. You know, it's unfortunately an aspect of just budget or time or both. But that I I'm so used to better from Supernatural, like with the window in that one scene in uh, yeah. you know Renaissance Italy. You know, to just ghosts showing up, even. Yeah, I forgot about that. I do agree with you on that. That might have been the, one of the weaker VFX scenes we've ever I think, seen. I think it's one of the weakest ones I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. And I, it pains me to say that, but uh, you have to say it. Yeah, usually the V, I mean, even Normally, last week's episode good. we didn't like, well, we said seemed, that the highlight was the visual effects. It seemed yeah. like it seemed like they mixed in some cool shots with, and then that was there. And I, I think that was probably the lower end of the budget on this episode. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Um. So... The storyline was all right. I thought it could have used they a little all bit over that visual effects. <laughs> a dab, a little bit of dab. Just a little on dab that. got on that guy's head and it spun uh, around. I thought the acting was great. I thought the story parallels were good, but could have used a little <laughs> bit of structuring work. And the visual effects were a little disappointing compared to what uh, they've usually done. So for me, this one's a B minus. It's it's a solid you know installment. It's not exactly filler. Way to fuck it up, Tom. Hey, but. where's that visual effect shot at, Adam? <laughs> We need it pronto. Hey, hey, uh, I'm Robert Singer. Hey, Robert, Adam, Robert, we need I, to have the episode two CW by uh, midnight tonight. Robert, I'm working on it, but there's another shot that looks way better. I think I'm just gonna dab this one. No, no, no. And Adam's all. Hey, I, I have a date tonight. Can we just you have Andrew? Can we just no, no, Adam, the visual effects. Oh, the visual. Like, can we just have Andrew? Uh, uh, can we just have Andrew Dab do this one? <laughs> He's not a visual effects guy, Adam. It'll be Robert, fine. It'll be great. He's a, no, no, no. He's got some. He's da- he's dabbled a bit. <laughs> oh, Robert, he Robert, can do it. No, I, I, I can make it look good. I just <laughs> you don't want me to. Oh, okay. I'll just do it real shitty. Right, then. We need uh, to stop. We need, we need to start speaking in our mics now. I mean, yeah, people, you guys are yelling people, off to the side. People are gonna tune in. And be like, what? What am I supposed to do? The Winchester like, brothers? Why do they keep getting. Oh, dun dun dun. <laughs> so yeah, this week's. So in this week's episode, <laughs> shots fired. Yeah. So for me, Thomas is checked out. For I'm, I'm, I'm just letting you guys kind of. You got a fever going on in Andrew or Andrew Jesus. Gee, wow, I quit. You keep, you keep saying Andrew the whole fucking time, and Ryan is being Ryan. So with that, guys, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna talk about the upcoming episode, episode seven, which is called Rock, Rock Never, Never Dies. Dies. I had to look for it <laughs> in just a minute. Supernatural. The Crossroads will be right back. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. A woman has shot herself while using Snapchat. <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Please tell me she's dead. Yes, oh. yes. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, I second that. I second that. No, if you're stupid enough to take a selfie with a gun that has live ammunition in it, yes, and it goes off, mm-hmm. Darwinism. Well, they took the gun filter away, so she had to use a real gun. <laughs> Foolishly playing with her uncle's 40 caliber pistol. When she pulled the trigger and shot her cell phone. Unfortunately, she's 
40 caliber is not a small rock. Powell suffered What's going on over there? I'm just Snapchatting, Dad. I'm just Snapchatting. Come on, quantum leap song. For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. Crossroads 003. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural The Crossroads. Our last little bit here. Before we get into the discussion for the upcoming episode, we're going to read just a few comments from Facebook. We guys, we guys, we guys, we asked we guys. you guys. Apparently, it's infectious, and now I'm getting whatever the fuck Mike has. We ask <laughs> all of fever? you, <laughs> fever. Yeah, we ask all of you to put down your thoughts and comments on the episode on the Facebook page. And we and we do read it all. We just don't read all of it on air. Yeah. But uh, two of them that we wanted to talk about was this one's from Sarah Matthews. I love the episode, but there were a couple continuity issues, mainly the lack of anti-possession tattoos on all the hunters saying Christo instead of drawing a demon trap would have been easier. And I'm assuming uh, Asa got his angel blade from the same corner. Crowley got his from a couple seasons back. So now. To be let's fair. tackle that first let, part. Yeah. Let, let, let me let me let me address the first part um, because I, we were talking about this before we went on air, and I think for me, I, I always assumed that it was just Jensen and Jer or you know Sam and Dean had the tattoos, and it wasn't like a a universal thing. And I think if you notice in the episode, yeah. especially in this episode, the, the the demon didn't possess Sam or Dean. So yeah, I think for me, I always just in my brain and in I guess my head canon that maybe that wasn't a standard thing for every hunter to get. Well, no. I, I when think did they get it again? They got it in season three after Meg possesses Sam in season two. Yeah. Okay. Now oh, that possess me. That is a thing that is only the brothers as far as the show goes. And obviously it's not a big thing. If you think about it in the grand scope of how long hunters have been around and Sam and Dean has been hunting for how many years and they didn't get their tattoos until season three. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not like every hunter would do that. Right. So it, I, in retrospect, you kind of think, why wouldn't they? True. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you get a tattoo? Then again, they don't have Enochian blades and they don't have an angel in their back pocket, you know? 
So I don't feel like that's a continuity error as as because again, had it possessed Sam or Dean, it has been established as a as a as like a police uniform. Here's your police issued gun. And don't forget your police issue tattoo. Like it hasn't been established that all hunters have that. If it was, right. then yes, absolutely. Now, the second one, uh, using the word Cristo, I do wish they had done that. That would have been kind of cool because that would have been a subtle way to get the demon to show up. Okay, yeah. so what? I'm, what's the complaint? In on, season, or what's the, in not season the complaint, one, the... you say Cristo or Christ in Latin right. around a demon, it'll flinch. And that was used in season one with the Phantom Travelers, like episode like four. Yeah, I yeah. think I remember. And but again, that hasn't actually like really been used since, since season, season one, bro. That was like eleven, like. But years I'm, ago. I'm I'm failing to understand what the problem was then. So well, they're saying rather than do a demon's trap and who's who and just yelling at who's a demon, they could have just said Christo, see who flinched, and then bam, that's who you got. Right. You know, there are ways of deducing who it was. That's and too I, easy. I, I agree with Christo a little bit, but a I feel like it's a little too easy. For the episode, have they tried? Have they kind of retconned that? I'm not sure if they've retconned it, but I think it's just something that was too easy before. And this was in season one before demons were a huge threat. Yeah, you know, or or not even a huge threat, but average. So then that's valid. Then so that's a valid one. Sarah Matthew says that's valid. But I think also it's just that they've kind of just changed how demons work. Exactly. The the guy writing demons in season one is not the people writing demons in season twelve. Yeah. Um, but she says it makes sense for Billy to appear now uh, to write the imbalance of Mary being back. But how is Billy going to impact the rest of the season? I find it hard to believe that she's just going to wait for them to call on her. I don't think she is. No, no I think she's, she's very much up. that. She's stalking them. She's very much she that supernatural she karma. She didn't just pop up there to just collect a hunter's soul. She Any Reaper could have done that. She did it because she knew it was in the premise, the, prox- the general proximity of the Winchesters. That's why she willingly went there. Yeah, and and then how look how quick she was to make that deal with with Dean. Yeah, I can get you in there, but it's going to cost you. Yeah, and she yeah. has a game plan. She's a, she's a true reaper. A, 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 she's a true reaper by definition. She's stalking. Yeah, look she's how well, look she's how a she look how she pops up behind the smoke. Yeah, yeah that if cool. that isn't stalkerish, then I don't know what is. So yeah, absolutely, Sarah's right. And finally, she says, I'm impressed with Kim Rhodes. Hats off to her for excellent acting. And thank you to the writer for giving her a wider range than normal to yeah, work with. Yeah, see, there you go. The second one I want to say was uh, from Susan Butler. This week's episode seemed to put us back on the right track. Sam, Dean, Mom, Jody, and the gaggle of Hunters fanboying over the Winchesters. What more could you ask for? As once again, the mention, uh, and once again, the mention of Sam being Lucifer's vessel which I did like that bit. It's it's kind of just thrown in there as like this guy who's a huge fan or or wants to know about the legend of Sam Winchester. Yeah. But it does remind us that Lucifer's there and that is Sam's, you know, destiny purpose. Not just, exactly purpose, but he is chosen for that. I just liked that the way they handled it and the other hunters handled it. It was like asking like you know, a combat veteran. Hey, did you kill anyone? Like it was. They asked well, the way it's, they, it's like it's asking something very personal and very horrific right. that happened to him. It's, so, it was pretty cool. But I did like that, you know, nod to that still being a thing. I'm a huge fan of Billy the Reaper, and I love the conversation between her and Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. And the exasperated... It was a highlight for me, honestly. Yeah. And the exasperated way the Reaper said Winchesters when Mary refused to go with her. All in all, a great episode. My only nitpick is the crossroad demon. When he possessed Elvis, he had trouble fighting Dean. And then when he possessed Jody with a flick of his hand, he laid everyone out 
think that goes without saying. Which he, yeah. uh, yeah, Jody's more badass than Elvis yeah, was. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, you would think that a room full of wait, hunters... Wait, wait, wait. What the problem was? She said Elvis? She, Elvis, she, the guy in the red who got his neck snapped, had fight uh, a hard time one-on-one fighting Dean. Yeah. Meanwhile, when the demon jumps to Jody, it's just... Hands down, everyone's ass to the floor. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. it, a little bit, yeah. It's, 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 but it's, it's, it's kind it's of someone, semantics. It's a cat and mouse it's semantics. Thing. Like, yeah. it's like, eh, the way it's I see it, you got to remember this is a TV show as well. And they're exactly, not, it's, they're trying to entertain. They're it's also gonna, demons are like cats. They're not going to want to just kill the mouse because then you have nothing to play with. Yeah. You know, so it's like your penis. <laughs> you going to kill your penis? <laughs> I do every night. <laughs> You beat it. Yep. Uh, it beat it to death. He calls the police on himself. <laughs> it's domestic violence. I beat myself. So, and then her last little bit is about thinking that hunters would be more prepared <laughs> with the same kind of anti-possession tattoos or carrying holy water or a devil's trap at the entrance of your home. But then again, that's something Bobby did because Bobby was better than everybody. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. He was prepared. You know he was what? like it, their FBI headquarters central. There's a reason. It's so hard. We're on season 12, and you're always going to have that thing like, well, why didn't they do that? Because that's exactly what you got to remember. We're in the comforts of our home. We're not in the thick of it. So we're like, yeah, I would have done this. How many uh, times have you (laughs) gone through an experience and said, had nothing to say to somebody in response? But then when you're home showering, you're like, fuck, I should have said A, B, C, D, all these responses. EFG. You always come up with something that you should have done when the stress is not on. Yeah. So, uh, Christina Johansson says, I don't get why they couldn't just hand over Bucky to the authorities. Jody's a sheriff. She could just say she was at a party and one of the party goers confessed to accidentally killing his friend and covering up the mar- murder. So I'm assuming that they wanted, she wanted him to pay for what he did to Asa. Yeah. That, I mean, they did kind of let him get off, right? I mean, I mean did, his punishment was what? Like he was going to be marked. He would be like exiled from the community. Yeah. But I think in some ways it's kind of fair because one, They've killed a ton of people. They have a dead body in their house. Are they really going to want to go to the cops and explain all this? Oh, or they, it, was a demon, do, it was a demon. Or do you exile this that guy works. from this small community he's a part of when he's already a loner? That sounds like stupid criminals. You see, on like cops, like, so you're telling me this guy killed this guy. He's alive. But this one, he was killed by a demon? Yeah. All right, yeah, sir. Right. Can you turn around? I need to put these handcuffs on you. <laughs> I have to go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do think, though, that that's a nicer, easier way to wrap that up. But yeah, it, it felt fitting. Like they kind of take they. Well, now he's completely it, alone. Yeah. And uh, it's just Hunter's life is already lonely. And now when yeah. you're exiled from that community, you're a leper. Well, because not- <laughs> I did. To be honest with you, I did think the same thing very for a moment uh, as what Christina said here. Like, oh, Jody's a cop. Just arrest his ass. But then I was like, you know what? This is kind of the uh, the hunter way, right? You you take care of your own and you deal with their you deal with it on your own. Like well, you 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 don't just you know what I mean. Like you take yeah. care of it. You deal with it yourself. You're a brotherhood uh, in a sense, and you take care it's of like it on your mob. own. It's like mob. You're not going to go tell the cops. You, You're going to deal with it your own way, right? You don't call the police when a werewolf's attacking. You take care of it. So vice versa. We'll, we're going to take care of this the hunter way. Uh, Scrap Tyler also says that, however, they were in Canada and Jody's a U.S. cop. Jurisdiction oh, issue. Jurisdiction. <laughs> But yeah, I, th- I think it's just not necessary. Citizens arrest. Citizens arrest. Uh, does that work in Canada? It doesn't work here. <laughs> Nothing works here. Oh god. <laughs> so moving on, guys, to the discussion of the upcoming episode, episode seven, the second to last one before the midseason finale, which sucks already. Yep, dude, that eight episodes. God damn it! And it's not the first time they've been that kind of short. I think the last two seasons were nine, but it still sucks. 
It's only this, one episode. Yeah. But it is. But it's one more week that, you know, you stem off the tide of boredom. Yeah. And having to deal Jeez. with family. <laughs> wow. See when he says that? Sounds like he's about to kill himself. You don't know what Do my work week's been. you want to have a conversation with Billy? I need Jesus, to. yeah. We need to have, yeah. <laughs> Thomas, you call Lisa let, in let, and let fucking... Me, let me end your suffering. <laughs> you, <laughs> you entitled little biatch. <laughs> uh, you don't know, man. You weren't there. Oh, my God. All right. So this episode's called Rock Never Dies. And uh, so Lucifer realizes that as rock star Vince Vicente, he can get his fans to do whatever he wants. Thrilled with his power, Lucifer arranges to play a secret VIP concert in order to kill all of them. Sam, <laughs> that's awesome. Why does that sound awesome? In a petty like, move of Sam, anger. Sam, Dean, and Castiel enter the underbelly of the music industry to try to stop him. Eduardo Sanchez directed the episode, and it was written by Robert Barons. Lucifer arranges to play a secret VIP concert in order to kill all of them. Dude, that's so awesome. It's so childish. It fits Lucifer. I, love- <laughs> I yeah. don't know why that was funny, but it was. Oh, my God. I you know I'm excited for this one. I liked Rick Springfield's performance as Lucifer in the last time we saw him. Look at Negative Nancy over there. I know. Turn over a new leaf. Wow. It doesn't mean I like him better. It just means I like him. Yeah. And oh. I wanted to see. I've wanted to see more of Lucifer since he's been banished to the ocean. I want to know how he <laughs> fixed that because he, he was like decaying. If he looks like Davy Jones, yeah, that'd like, be awesome. He's got tentacles, <laughs> decayed, oh, and he's got octopus stuck he, to his head. I think he can only come to the shore at certain times of the year. <laughs> yeah, well, I, think that was once, the, I think that was the spell that Rowena put on him. <laughs> it was once every every 364 yeah. days. He and if he does, if once. he comes earlier, he has to have a bucket of water to stand in. There you go. Right. Well, he yeah. well if he comes earlier, then he can't go again later. Right. You know he I mean? needs to oh. wait 20 minutes <laughs> or flicking himself a little bit. Oh, flick it, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, works in a pinch. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we haven't seen Lucifer since he's been banished. His corpse or his corpse, his (laughs) vessel was turning into a corpse. So I want to know how he fixed that, because that is something they've been very particular about explaining away those things. Yeah. So I'm interested in that. I wonder why he wants to kill everyone. I first think some kind of. Has to be like a ritual. Dark ritual. Blood is necessary to keep the vessel or to gain his power back. Oh, it, dude, it, you know how dark that would be? That'd be good, I though. hope he kills him. Does I that hope sound he does. Bad? That does sound bad. No, because he killed an entire town to bring death back. Yeah. I want him to be Lucifer yeah. and kill yeah, some motherfuckers. Cool. Yeah, I, I don't want to sound like I'm bloodthirsty, but that would be I so am. good to bring back the old Lucifer. And that would be dark. Jesus. I mean, I remember when Azazel killed the whole nunnery just to talk to Lucifer. Are you talking about killing nuns? Come on. Do you remember that? Season yeah, five, Lucifer... Out. Azazel, oh, Jesus your mic's God. off. Your mic is off. <laughs> Jesus. In season five, Azazel kills a whole group of nuns in a church just so he can talk to Lucifer for a moment. I want him to pull something like that here and actually execute it. Yeah. I think that would be dark. I think that'd be what we need to make Lucifer feel like the true villain, even beyond the men of letters this season. Yeah, I agree. So I'm excited for it. And Robert Barons is writing, so you know. It, well, yeah, it's Robert, it's Robert Barons. He's it, always it'll be a good. strong performance. It'll be a good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Now, also during our last show, we were tweeted some information that I didn't get too far to after we ended the show, but apparently Robert Singer, yeah, uh, I think it was Robert Singer said, um, "Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners," um, that Mark Pellegrino oh, yeah. is coming back this yep. year. Yep, I am so excited. So I, I, I hope. Look at it. Dude, I'm Thomas has a in my boner chair, right dude. now. Dude. I just lifted the desk. His flap. Oh, God. 
<laughs> the way you describe things. That's um, so gross. Anyways, um, yes, yeah, so we have that for you, Mark Pellegrino fans out there. Magic, dude. He's fucking the devil. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, do whatever he wants. Now, I'm hoping it's not like in like a Castiel thing where it's in his head or it's in like the I cage. I hope it's more of an actual vessel. Uh, it would be interesting to see actually Nick, right? The vessel come yeah. back. Yeah, that'd be cool. I I would like that. I think that well, would. What if it's just a flashback, Thomas? It still counts. Yeah. You know, I'd still be happy with it. I just like bringing his what if persona. It's a, what if it's a shot of the vessel just being destroyed and never. I would cry, but at least they showed it happening. What if it's just a shot of him in a Saying casket like, dead? Hi. I'm the vessel of Lucifer. <laughs> like it's just some kind of PSA. Oh, don't terrible. say yes. <laughs> what? It makes no sense. Say yes. Well, that's time to wrap up the show. Then, pretty much, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think we've gone off the rails. So, guys, with that, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us, either live or on demand. Make sure to check out the Facebook page. Check out RainmanDigital.com to check out previous episodes, written pieces, the store, the fan fiction contest. All kinds of other stuff, all kinds of good things happening, as well as check us out on Twitter, uh, Crossroads SPN, Bold Irishman, The Ryan Denton. Mike, you had one thing you also, wanted to add? Also, for you Kripke fans out there Ooh. who love Kripke, uh, make sure you're watching Timeless, okay? If, you, if you're one of those people who just watched the pilot and you're like, eh, it's okay, but it's not worth the entire watch, six episodes in, you start getting the Kripke vibe, the Kripke feel. Yeah. So give it a shot. It's good. The good show. Make sure support SBN family. There we go. That's it. All right, guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us, and we will see you all next week. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt. <laughs> <laughs>